Okay, so welcome back to our ongoing series of Shur Madaf Yomi. We are now on Yivamot Daf Chaf Gimel Amud Aleph, the Mishnah at the very top of the Amud. It is Mishnah Hey, uh, sorry, Mishnah Vav in the second parak, and it involves a somewhat um, uh, confusing set of cases, so we need to be very focused on the Mishnah. The Gemara that will follow it is relatively brief, and it really is just supportive to explain uh, why the cases play out that they do, and to address one fundamental issue, which is in the note on page 21 on top, and which I will comment on as soon as we get into the Gemara. Mishnah, Vav, and Zion are presented together, and they go as follows. Mishkidesh achat achayot, so a man gave Kiddushin to one of two sisters, and he doesn't know which one it was. As we will see, the Gemara will portray this case as one in which he originally did know which one it was, and then there was some confusion set in. And that's a critical thing for our attendant Machloket. So now he's obligated to divorce each one of them, Misafek. He cannot live with, each, with either one of them because it might be his wife's sister. Now, Mate, Veloach, let's say that this fellow dies. He's got these two sisters, one of which he's married to, but they don't know which one. He dies, childless, and he has a brother. This brother has to give chalitza to both girls, because each one of them might be his wife. So she needs chalitza. She's not released through the chalitza of the other one. And second of all, he can't do yibum with either one of them, because either one of them might be of his brother. Uh, good. So now, let's say <clears throat> that he had two brothers. And in that order. So let's say that our brother, uh, our brother number one, married one of two sisters. We don't know. He doesn't know which one. And he died. While we were trying to figure it out, or at some point he died. Childless. So then one of the brothers gives chalitza to one of the girls, and then the other brother may be miyabim the other one. And let's see why. If indeed the girl that he gives chalitza to is the real wife, then this other girl is not at all connected. Uh, she's simply his brother's uh, wife's sister, and that's perfectly legitimate. Two brothers may marry two sisters. If, on the other hand, the one that gave chalitza was really not the wife, then this girl really is the one who needs Yibum. So either way, the other brother could do Yibum. But you have to do it in that order. You can't do Yibum first, then Chalitza, because if the brother does Yibum, so let's say that this girl is not the real wife, that he's being Miyabim, she is rather the sister of his wife, and that's Achod Zekukato. And if we hold Zika on any level, then that's a violation of Achod Zekukato. However, Kin Muvakinsu and Motsin Miyadam. Let's say that instead they did yibum, um, and they, they did yibum on the girl instead of giving chalitza. Then we're not motzi them. Why? Because the issue of achot zekukato is the rabbanan, um, and here it's only mishum uh, safek, right? Because um, because after all, even if he did yibum. Sorry, if he did, if the first brother did yibum on the girl, and then the other brother gave chalitza to the other girl, so the the first brother can claim I'm claiming that the one that I took was the proper one for yibum. And in any case, after the chalitza is given, so then she's released. Okay, good. Now the next mishnah: Shnayim shekitzu shtei achayot. You got two brothers 
marry two sisters, right? Or two guys, not two brothers. Two guys marry two sisters. Each one of them is confused which one of them is Makadish. Obviously, they weren't both Makadish the same one, which means you have now two men, each of them, and there's two men, and then there's two sisters, and each one of the sisters is Safek Mekudesha to each one of these guys. So obviously each one has to give two gittin, just an exponential for the previous Mishnah. Now, Metu, let's say they died. So each one of them has one brother. Same thing as a get. Each brother has to give Chalitza to both wives. Because after all, this wife might be his Yavama, or that wife might be his Yavama. And she's not released without it. And she doesn't know which is her Yavam. So both of them have to give her chalitza. Now, let's say that one of the fellows had two brothers and the other had one brother. Hayachid, the single brother, he has to give chalitza to both of them because either one of them might be his yivama, and one of them certainly is, but either one might be his yivama, and therefore he has to do chalitza. He cannot do yivama on either one of them because that might be achot zekukato. And the brother who has two, who has, the one who has two brothers, Again, in the same order. The first fellow does chalitza, and then the second fellow does yibum on the other girl. Why? Because if the other girl really was the sister-in-law, was, was his sister-in-law, then, then the first one who got chalitza really wasn't in this family at all, and that's perfectly fine. If, on the other hand, the first one was, well, she got chalitza, now this one is not in the family at all, and he can be miabim her. Now, kin muvikinsu, uh, and by the way, that's only after the first brother gave chalitza to her. Good. Now, the first fellow, the fellow who was the single brother, gave chalitza to both those girls. Then the second uh, family, one brother gives chalitza, and now the other girl who didn't get chalitza can marry this other brother, the the, the brother number two of the one who had two brothers. Uh, because either she was really part of that family, in which case this is the Yibo, and then the chalitza the other guy gave her doesn't mean anything. Or she was really part of the other family, and she's free, and now she's marrying this guy. Now, again, if they went ahead and married them, then right? And, um, and good. So for the same reason that we had before. Now, let's say that each fellow who died had two brothers. So what you have is, uh, let's say brother, um, and I marked it on the page with a little bit of a code, uh, B1, which means uh, the brother of, uh, we'll call it set A and set B. So you now have, let's say, B1 can do chalitza uh, on one of them, and then A1 does chalitza on another one of them. And then, achiv shazam yabem chalutzato shazet. And then what happens is that the other brother, the one who didn't do the chalitza, can now be miyabem, the other girl that his brother did not give chalitza to, and vice versa. And it's simply the same case played out. Let's just see how it is. You've got um, one man and another man, totally independent of each other. They married two sisters. Now, each man had two brothers, and each man died childless. However, each man gave kiddushin to one of two sisters, and in the end, they didn't know which sister it was. So had they lived, they'd have to give Gittin. Uh, but they didn't live. So now, sister one, the sister one falls effectively to four different people. She falls to two brothers of one guy and two brothers of another guy. 
Same thing with sister two. Now, neither one of them, none of them could do Yibum on either one of these girls because this girl might be, uh, might be the sister of his Zukuka. She might not be the real wife of his brother. And so therefore, what you have to do is one of the brothers of each set has to give each girl Chalitza. And that way, for, in any case, she's released. And then the other brother can do Yibum. How can he do Yibum? Well, if, yeah, but he can only do Yibum on the other one meaning on the one that his brother didn't do chalitza on. I'll say it again. Each set of brothers, one brother has to give chalitza to one of the girls. That girl is now available to yibum, sorry, the other girl is now available to yibum to his other brother. And the reason being, that let's say that sister one really was married to man number one. And that means that brother A1 and brother A2 really are the yivamim of this girl. So now, um, she got chalitza from um, from uh, the outside brother, uh, from uh, let's say from the, from the other family. She got chalitza from him. Of course, that chalitza was meaningless. She also got chalitza from um, got chalitza from one of the other families. So now the other brother may marry her because either she um, she he's really the proper brother. And she wasn't released from this family, and that's Yibum. Or else she was part of a different family, and she's been released by Chalitza, now he can marry her. Right? Now, So let's say two brothers went ahead and gave Chalitza to the same brothers, gave Chalitza, two brothers from the same family, gave Chalitza to the two girls. You don't say that the other two brothers could now be Miyabim. Again, if they went ahead and married them, we don't force separation. Now, that's the Mishnah, and that is by far the most complicated part of this morning session. Let's take a look now at the Gemara. Please review it, and review it using the chart or the layout on page 21. Now, there is a machloket between Abayi and Rava, a famous machloket in, in the third, in the second part of Kiddushin, about Kiddushin HaMasuri, She'en HaMasuri in the Bia. What that means is Kiddushin, that when they happen, make Bia with... Um, these with the woman impossible. And Kiddush HaMasur and always involves being Makadish two women simultaneously. So if a man is Makadish two sisters simultaneously, right away that's Kiddush and Shein Masur and You can't have Bia with either one of them. The question is, are they valid Kiddush or not? Abaya says they are, Rava says they're not, and the discussion is in Kiddush. However, our Mishnah seems to prove that Kiddush and Masur and are Kiddush and seems to support Abaya, which means this should be a slam dunk proof for Abaya but that is the preferred position. And what's the reason for that? Because you see that when a man is married to two sisters and doesn't know which one he gave Kiddushin to, which means he can't have beer with either one of them, then it's still Kiddushin. He needs to do a gad, mechalitz, etc. Shema mina Kiddushin, shem nesurin, Kiddushin. By the way, that is one of the six places in Shas where machlok rabai v'rabu, we paskum like abayu, the simon is ya'al kegam, and the kuf of the kegam is Kiddushin. Hacham ayaskinem shi'ikaru ulevasof arvu. No, the case we're talking about is when originally the brother knew which girl it was. Which means at that time the Kedushin were, were Nimsur Labia, and they were good. And then later, he didn't realize there was a sister that looked alike and got confused. Now, that's, if you look carefully at the Mishnah, it seems to say that, because it says that when a man was Makarish to woman and he does not know, not that it was not known, meaning now he doesn't know, but originally he knew, Shmamina. So then what's the Chiddush then of saying that if a man is Makadish, a girl, and doesn't know which of two sisters it is, 
He has to give them both a get. So the answer is Seifa eats to Richale. We need it for the end of the Mishnah, which is mate velo achechan, Right? Which is that if he dies and there's one brother, the brother has to give Chalitza to both. The end of that Mishnah is that if he had two brothers, one does Chalitza, one does Yivum. And to teach us, in other words, the entire Mishnah is there just to set up the end of that case, which is that if he had two brothers, one does Chalitza, one does Yivum, and it has to be in that order. Why? He can't do Yibum at the beginning, because if he does Yibum, then he may be Miyabem, the sister of the proper wife that he's supposed to be Miyabem, which means Achot Zekukato. Therefore, he has to do, one gives Chalitza, the other one can now do Yibum, and now either it's the proper Yibum, or she is the sister of a released woman, and that's fine. Good. Now, the second case, Shnaim Shekid Shishtayachayot, Mishnah Zayim. Shmami, now again, Kiddushin Shein Misurin Lebiyavu Kiddushin. Same thing, we're going to say this is a case where when the original Kiddushan happened, each one of these guys knew which sister it was, and then confusion set in. Again, playing on the language, So again, why do we need this case to tell me that if two guys marry two sisters, and in the end there's some confusion, they both have to divorce both, that's, that's obvious. Seifa, it's to we need it for the end. To teach us that case, that if one has one brother, the other has two, the one brother has to give chalitza to both girls, and the other set, one does chalitza, the other can do yibum on the other girl. Shita, so I know that's the same case as the resha. I might think that when there are two brothers, I should be gozer because of a case of one brother and say you can only do chalitza, not to allow after chalitza of one, yibum of the other, kamash balan. And in this case, you have to certainly do a chalitza before you do, on one before you do yibum on the other. Why? Because if you do yibum on the other, yes, she may be your, uh, your proper yivama, on the other hand, she may not be a proper Yavama, she may belong to the other fellow. In which case, since no, since nobody gave proper Chalitza to her co-wife, she's still bound. And then you're taking Yavama, who has not yet been released. Good. Okay, L'zeshtayim, L'zeshtayim. So then, Hatulamali, what do I need the last case for? Hainuhach, it's the same exact thing as the two and one. I just I just moved ahead to two and two. Ma'urateim, Aligzor, Dilma, Miyabim, Balo, Chalitza, Kamash, Balan. The answer is, I might think, that once each girl is going to have Yibum here if she wants, and if he wants, then maybe I should be Gozer that they might do Yibum before Chalitza and do everything in the wrong order and mess it up, and therefore I should be Gozer only Chalitza. So, so why is this any different than the famous case that we've had in Paragimel with two brothers, married to two sisters, the two brothers die, and the two sisters fall to the two brothers, and we say they both have to do Chalitza, both girls need chalitza from the brothers and no yibum, right? So why don't, why in our case do we say no? Do chalitza on one and yibum on the other? And uh, how come in this case we don't say that? So the answer is hachi hashda So first of all, if you hold yezika like Rabbi Shimon, then certainly you cannot do yibum on this girl because she's a chodzakukato. All right, and the minute that uh, she's given chalitza, then she's already a uh, who's been released, and then she's an erva. 
And according to a mayor who says, you're not allowed to engineer something that's going to keep one household not tended to. And if you do yibum on one of them, then the other one goes out as a chotishto, then uh, that's the reason. But neither of those apply, uh, uh, obtains here. Good. Each one here will say, ah, oh, that's mine that I'm doing yibum on. So I'm not being revatal on me, it's just yabin. Of course, the core issue is that in the case in the third parak, there's no suffix. Here, there's a suffix, which is what drives everything the way it does. Now, the end of the Mishnah said, Kibim Kinsu and Motsit, Tani Shila, Afilushnehem Kohanim. So he added something that if even both of these families are all Kohanim, which means that both brothers here are Kohanim and they take the Yavama, who is, by the way, also a suffix Chalutza. Because she may be from the other family, in which case she was a chalutza, and now you're taking her just as a regular wife. Even so, my time a chalutza derabonani, because the isra of chalutza the coin is an isra derabonani. Here she's not for sure a chalutza; she might just be straight up your yivama. In other words, if she's really from your brother, she's a yivama, that's fine. If she's really from the other brother, then she's a chalutza. But the isra of a chalutza the coin is a derabonani. The derabonani one goes there on a, on a suffix. Right? Chalutza Rabbanani, Vahatanya Grusha, Eliel Grusha, Chalutza Binayim. Look at Pasuk number one. In the Isure Kahuna, Isha Zonava Chalalo, Yikachu Visha Grusha Me Isha. And Chacham say that includes a Chalutza, who is a form of a Grusha. Uh, that's why it doesn't say Isha Zonava Chalalo Grusha, but it says Isha Grusha Me Isha. It adds an extra phrase to say it includes a Chalutza. And the answer is, Vinarbanan, who cross Machta Bialma, who but really, Chalutza L'Kohen is an Isidra Bonan. And the Chachom made an Asmachta to rely on the Pasuk. Good. Okay, the next piece that we have, it takes us in a different direction, which is about Mitzvah Yivum, not about Isura Yivum. And, um, and it is defining who it is who's supposed to do the Yivum within the family. And it's the beginning of Mishnah Chet. Mitzvah Begadol, Liabem, Im Kadama Katan Zachat. The Mitzvah is that the eldest son the eldest brother should do yibum, but if a younger brother went ahead and did it, it's valid. Now, Tanarabana, we start with a drasha on pasuk number two on the page, which is the second pasuk in the parsha of yibum. I bolded or italicized all the phrases because they're all going to be darsh. Now, vayavachor, what does that mean? And we'll go back to this in a few minutes, but the drasha is since it says that the eldest one that she gives birth to as a as a Yavama now will be, will rise in the name of his father, his dead father, and we'll see what that means. But we say the drush is Really, it's alluding and saying not about the child, but rather that the miyabim, the Yavam, should be the eldest. What's that? That we've had several times. That Asher Teleid is there to tell you that an island is not in the parsha of Yibum. Yakum al-Shem Achiv, what does that mean? He will rise in the name of the dead brother, making it sound like if the brother who died was name was uh, Johnny, then the kid's uh, born is, has to be named Johnny. We say, no, Lenachala. What it means is that that kid inherits his father's estate. So you, it says, Lenachala. Maybe it means shame. Maybe it means just exactly what the text says. He should rise in the name of his father, meaning that if the father's name was uh, Yosef, the kid should be called Yosef. If the father's name was John, he should be called John, right? 
in the issue of Yibo. So if that's the case, I'll say it differently. Maybe the, if you're going to say Vahayah Bechor is a reference to the Avam, then maybe that means that where there's a Bechor, there's Yibum. When there is no Bechor around, there's no Yibum. So Amar Kral, Metachad Mehem. But the Torah says, if, uh, in Pasuk number four, if there are two brothers, uh, brothers living together and one of them dies, Miloskin and Demit Bechor isn't the normal course of events that the eldest one dies first. And the Torah says the younger one should do Yibum. So maybe it's the case where the younger one died and the Bechor is supposed to do it. Again, we get back to Ishtachiv Shalaya So let me play it a little bit more subtly. Maybe it means that if there's a Bechor, if there's no Bechor there, then it should be the eldest, but if the younger one goes in, does Yibum, it's valid. But if there is a Bechor there, it's invalid with anybody but the Bechor. The beginning of the Parsha of Yibum is, if brothers dwell together, that all the brothers are compared to each other, oldest, youngest, etc., meaning, in any case, any of the brothers who does Yibum is valid. The question is really where it starts. So maybe I'll flip it. Say, so maybe the word Bechor is there, I agree, not to tell me only Bechor, but the eldest, but only when there's a Bechor do I go by age order. When there's no Bechor, it's all just a big jumble. I don't have any preferences. So why do we have the famous statement that says the mitzvah is for the Godel to do Yibum? So then we go down the line and they don't want to do Yibum. Then we go back to the Godel again and ask him to do Chalitza. The answer is that here the Gadol is being compared to Bechor. In other words, it's the Bechor, it's the fact that he's the firstborn that causes his, his unique status. Same thing here, it is um, it is the Gadol's position as the eldest that causes his status. All right, so let's try this one. So maybe you're right. Maybe there does have to be Yibum with any sort of brother, and as long as he was alive at the same time. I agree. But perhaps uh, that the issue of Nachala, the inheritance, going to that brother, would only happen if the brother that was Miyabim was a Bechor. That's not true, because the minute they do Yibum, then the Nachal has to come to you because you've fulfilled, taken your brother's name uh, to keep it alive. So then why did the Torah call the Miyabim the Bechor? Uh, it's the Griyuta, meaning that it's here to limit the uh, the reach of the Bechor. This is based on a Pasuk in Kitetze that says that you have to give the Bechor Pishnayim Bechol Matselo, which means the, the Bechor gets a double portion of what the father had that what he was muhzak in at the time he died, meaning the father already owned, as opposed to Ra'ui Lavola Harmita. Anything that could not have come to the father until after he died, the Bechor does not get Pishnayim. For instance, Yerusha from somewhere else is an example. In the same way, a, uh, a Yavam does not get the portion of his dead brother, except for those things that were muhzak in the hands of his brother, and not Ra'uila Vola Harmita, even though they had already fallen to the estate after his brother's death before he did the Yibum. So the reason the Torah calls the Miyabim a Bechor through this Midrash Halacha is to tell you that just like a Bechor does not get his special portion 
in that which is similarly the Avam does not get the portion of his dead brother in area in things that were Ra'ui, that gets divided equally among the rest of the family or to the father, etc., however it may go. Tov, Amir Tashem, we will pick up tomorrow in the next podcast. Hanitan Allah Shifcha.